Hey, <laughs> Jared Love, oh my God. Who are you? Look, Look at, at you. You guys are ending your night, right? No, we are. It's five o'clock, 5 p.m. now. What? Maybe I got the wrong. It says six o'clock on my phone. I have a world clock. Oh, wait a second. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I didn't change my clock. That's, that's my personality. I haven't even changed my clock yet <laughs> on my wall. <laughs> No, it's probably six o'clock. You're right. It is six six ten. Yeah. That's saving. So the weekend has started, right? No, the week is the weekend. Start no, on the week. no. Don't just start on Sundays. So in Israel, the week starts on Sunday. We don't get Sunday off. So this was a work day. Oh. Well, thank and you. You're well, welcome. But we do get Friday off. So our weekend starts on Friday, meaning Thursday yeah. night, and then go into Sunday. Sunday is work. Mm. Yeah. All right, Sufa. So this podcast is so imagine it's like a time capsule of of you. Imagine like your grandparents, you having their intimate thoughts when they were your age. Right? So imagine mm. your kids when they get old, they get to have your philosophies on life at this time. So it's like a time capsule of you. Mm. You're the master of your own life. So it can go as wow. long as you want, short as you want. It's about you. Wow. About thinking, just thinking about my grandkids is like. Uh, right. Sometimes so we don't far. think about the future, right? Sometimes we don't think about it. I, I don't. Actually, when you ask me about happiness, the first thing that came into my mind is the fact that I live every day, every moment. I don't even think about tomorrow. That's good. So it's uh, thinking about my grandkids. Wow. I don't even have kids yet. <laughs> well, think about like our, our grandparents really didn't open up like that. They weren't thinking about us. They were from that era where they they were just, they hid their emotions and stuff like that. You never knew what they were going through until like they're like 80 or something like that. But just imagine That's them true. being young, talking fluently about everything. So this is what mm. it's about. So you let me know when you're ready. Okay. Um, if you're ready, I'm going to do an introduction. Do the introduction. All right. Here we go. It's going to be a little music playing, all right? <laughs> all right, folks. Welcome back to this podcast. It's called One Man, One Tree in a Hill. It's a podcast about being alone for your own thoughts. And when we're not alone for our thoughts, we're the most, most interesting and amazing people as we build time capsules of life. Uh, my guest is a dear friend of mine. Uh, hailing in all the way from Israel, uh, Sufa Friedman. Sufa, what it is? Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. I am super excited to be on this podcast because Jared is one of my favorite people in the whole world. I'm happy to be here with him. So how's life going right now? When we, all the time we text, you talk about how, how, how you're at this new phase of life, how excited you are. How's it going going back home again? I am. I actually call it my second phase in life. Um, I moved out of New York after 16 years of living in this city, this concrete jungle, crazy. Um, had some incredible experiences with friends and life and family and, you know, work with Jared and, and, and with you. Love working with you. That was one of my favorite times. <laughs> Um, but I left it. I left it all. 
I came to Israel to start a new life. Everything is brand new. Everything is from scratch. Uh, I actually got my first job in Israel. Congratulate me. Congratulations. Hola, started a month ago. Thank you so much. Uh, I started a month ago. And this is actually my first job in Israel oh. ever. I'm Israeli. And this is my first job as Israeli. Israeli. <laughs> I was born here, but I left straight after the army. I was 21 years old. Let's, well, let's and back I moved up before we go to that. Let's go back to the childhood. Let's go. Mm. We're going to build a timeline of your life. Let's go back to the beginning. Where are you from? Mm. Where were you born? So I was born in a very small town called Rosh Ha'ayn, which is northeast of Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is one of the biggest cities in Israel, including Haifa and Jerusalem. But Tel Aviv is a more metropolitan city like Manhattan. And Rosh Ha'ayn is a suburb, but a really, really small, tiny one. It used to be uh, strictly Yemenites, uh, people who, immigrants who came from Yemen and settled in Rosh Ha'ayn. And now it's a huge city. Oh my God, you should see this. This is like a whole other city on top of Rosh Ha'ayn. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting to me also because I'm used to living in this small kind of moshav, we call it. Small uh, village kind of. And now there's just, it's huge. There's so many stores and there's traffic and you don't see the same, there's gentrification. So you don't really see the same type of people. You know, it's not only Yemenites, it's Ashkenaz and Moroccans and all of that. So that's also something that was very, um, that changed a lot since I, I was here. Well, when you were a child, what was that like? Are you from two-parent household, big family, small family? Walk us through that. Which child? So I, was, I was born into a family with a mother and father with three other sisters. We were four girls. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. A lovely family, really. My parents were amazing. Um, my mom was more dominant than my dad, that I can, uh, that I remember more vividly. She was the balabusta, we say in Hebrew. Balabusta is she controlled the home. She did everything in the house, from gardening to fixing the stuff to. Uh, she wasn't the provider. My dad was the provider. Mm -hmm. So that that's what I. That, that these were the, the the roles. My dad was the provider. My mom was taking care of everything else. Um, and I had a wonderful childhood, actually, living in such a small town. I used to go out wherever I want. No parent supervision. Uh, come home late. I was very independent kid. So well, what, very opinionated. At all your sisters, where do you rank? Are you the oldest, youngest? So I'm the, the youngest. I'm the rebel. I'm the black sheep. They call it the runt. The the what? The runt. A runt. The runt. A runt. The runt of the family. <laughs> yes, that's What's what I was. What's the age range, the difference between you guys? Um, there's uh, one year between me and my sister, Devi, and then there's four years between me and my sister, Healy, and then there's eight years between me and my sister, Kenat, and I'm 37 years old. Good. So... Yeah. Well, what about so like growing up? So growing up, you weren't literally alone. You had all these people with you. So what was it like growing up with all sisters and stuff like that? Did you have any sisters that 
were you like in close in age range with the one that you were close in age range or was the big sister like a second mom what was it like Yeah. as growing up as little girls Uh, my sister, my oldest sister was always like a second mom to me. She was the first one to get married. So her husband is also somewhat like a dad to me. My dad left to Thailand when I was 21 years old. So um, my oldest sister's husband, my brother-in-law, uh, served almost as a father to me during my older years when I was 21 till I was like 32 something like that my dad wasn't so much around he was in Thailand and my brother-in-law really took that job and that was wonderful because he's a really truly an amazing guy we really love him very much um my one year the one that's one year older than me we were best friends we were going out together we had the mutual friends and um We hanged around, we hanged together a lot. That was the relationship. So as you grew up in this small town, mom is the babusha, babusha, Ba balabusta. balabusha, Balabusta. balabusta. So mom is this thing. Do you think mom is strict because she's a woman and she knows what girls are about to get into? I think she's just a type A kind of personality, which is somewhat... Hard to say, but somewhat like what I am. <laughs> I'm becoming more resembling to my mother. Hard to say, but I'll say it. <laughs> uh, and that's the reason she needed to be in control, you know? So that's what it probably was. Control as in like to keep you guys from getting out of trouble or since you're in a small town, Mm -hmm. was there a lot of trouble out there or? Well, we were four girls. You can imagine, I mean, it's not boys. Girls need to be kept a little more um, at home. Uh, I don't remember going out partying until I was 17, I think, when I had a boyfriend and he was 21 years old, which really like hit hard. That's when the rebels start, you know, started when I was 17 years old. So as you've grown up, what's your earliest remembrance of school? Like, do you remember your first friend when you started elementary school? Do you remember those days? Yeah, I remember a few instances from um, from um, a, a Betsefer Yesodi. Oh my God, how do you say? I lost my English, Jared. Yeah, I don't know what you're saying. Been been here a year and a half, and I already forgot my English. Uh, from from the from I think age ten. <laughs> really, I my that's earliest. Age age ten. Yes, that's that's uh, not necessarily in school, but at home. Are you asking about an experience in school? Like I'm asking, like when did you meet your first friend outside of your sisters? Because when you grow Mm. up with a big family, most of the time your family. They're not really your friends, they're your family as you guys have kinship, but who was the first person that you met throughout your life that you remember that was like a friend that you hung out with? Uh, she's still friends of mine today, actually. Her name is Oranit. Um, I remember her from first grade, actually, because Oh, we kind of went to school from first grade until uh, sixth grade. And then we stopped and then she went to a different school. But then we were friends again during high school. She came back to study in the same school with me. So we went to school during a really long time. 
So that's and that's like, what I remember. That first meeting, like, do you remember your first friend? What do you remember? Just remembers like, hey, you want to hold these crayons, or it just naturally happened. I was always very friendly with with uh, in school and and outside of school. So it's it's never been hard for me, honestly. Mm -hmm. I've always made friends very easily. Keeping friends. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's because you have a big family? When you yes, I have. You know how to deal with different personalities because it's a different age range and stuff like that. Yeah, I have 60 cousins. Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness. Almost 60 cousins. I do from my dad's side and from my mom's side. My mom and my dad come from big families. My father has eight brothers and sisters and my mother has nine. So you can imagine. Where were, so where were they from? Like, how did they meet? Do you, do you know the story? How they met? Who? Your mom and dad. Ah, they met very young. My dad was 22 years old. My mom was 19 when she met my dad. And they got married young, too, I think a year after. My dad was my mom's first boyfriend ever. And uh, he was probably the last one. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there were, like, uh, kind of high school sweethearts. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, and 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 they stuck together, but they kind of broke up when I was twenty-one, and then they got back together again. Now that's amazing. I think it was twelve years break, and now they're back together, somewhat back together. Do you? Are they from like different cultures? Because you. No. Nope. What are same you, one? But you are a descendant of. You're Yemen, correct? You're Israeli. Mm -hmm. I'm Israeli. Israelis come from different parts of the world. Yeah. And my my grandparents are the Yemenite and came from Yemen. So they're Yemenite immigration. Um, and my mom and my dad are both Yemenites. And they met here in Russia Ain back then when it was still kind of like um it used to be a swamp. It mm -hmm. was a very bad area. They they immigrated them to a to a very bad, very poor conditions. And my mom and my dad met uh, later when the conditions were a little bit better, but Rosh Ha'in was still not very developed. So yeah, they're both uh, Yemenites and they met through friends, you know. Would you say like growing up as a, would you they, did they carry the Yemenite culture as they raised you or do they raise you more as like the israeli culture you know how like some kids in america come their parents come from different places but they're raised as americans so they like mm -hmm. they have the accent they have they don't have the typical mm -hmm. attachment to where their parents came from how did you guys benefit from that so my mom and my dad were a little more liberal mm -hmm. than uh the yemenite culture in Russia Ain. So they introduced us to the Beatles and Cliff Richards and uh, Simon and Garfunkel, um, things that people didn't even hear about here in Israel, especially in Roshan, such a small town. Um, and that's how I got exposed to all of that. And I think that's where I got my English from. Mm -hmm. um, people hear my English and they're like, oh, it's immaculate. It's not immaculate but it's with an accent so they're like surprised by it because usually yemenites from Ain, they don't uh, have that kind of um, 
uh, exposure. And my parents gave that to us. Uh, They were also, you know, my dad was a military guy for many years. So we were um, always through that events, through the, the military, and we went on vacations through the military. So we met other military families, um, which was not very uh, popular here in Olshine. So that's also um, what would be what would different. Be a popular job since he was doing the military? What would be like a popular f- job in that time where people were doing? Mm. They would be like teachers or uh, they'll be like educators. Um, the, it was very religious back then. So there were a lot of uh, rabbis and um, uh, people who take care of the kashrut, which is kosher, to make food, make sure the food is kosher and things like that. Um, women used to work as uh, um, either they were homemakers or they would be, I'm talking like 40 years ago, right? Yeah, but it's 40, true. 50 years ago. Like, yeah. We're definitely, we don't know. They, my, my, my aunt who used to be um, uh, like, how do you say, uh, clean, like they used to do cleaning services and things like that. It's very sad. It took a really long time for that um, immigration to, to um, assimilate in Israel. So you really benefited off the hard work of your parents. You really couldn't tell that you were like, yeah, I am spoiled. Yeah, middle class a little bit. You didn't get the the struggles that they had. Yeah, I remember I came to my dad once and, huh? Did your sister feel the struggle, or when he had his kids, they're already middle class or like? No, no, we were middle class since my since my sister Kenat was born. Oh, wow. I think I think my grandparents suffered the most. I think my dad and my his older sister they were the one that all the burdens the burden was put on them. Even my mom didn't suffer that much. Even my mom had a better life than my dad, even though she's just three years uh, younger than him. Mm-hmm. But he was the oldest uh, male in the family, so the expectations were. Pressure. much higher pressured and his dad was very strict so my dad came out exactly the opposite do you have yeah. any memories with your grandparents do you remember what they were like mm, i remember my mom's my mom's parents but my dad's parents they they died when i was very young my grandma from my dad's side died before i was born and my my grandfather from my dad's side died when i was i don't know six years old I don't even remember him. I remember that they cut his legs. He had diabetes and he was sitting on a a wheelchair. So that's the only thing I remember from him. So we're we're right now in your lifetime. We're meeting our family. Dad's working hard. And you meet your first friend. What type of kid were you in like school? Were you an easy learner? What type of kid were you? Did school come easy or was it? Are we a chatty type of student? What were you? Oh my God. I was, I was, uh, first of all, I was a tomboy. <laughs> I liked everything the boys did until today, actually. <laughs> if you think about it, you know, skiing and like shooting and motorcycles. And, uh, but I was a good student, actually. I was a good student because um, I procrastinated. 
I know it's terrible to say that, but uh, procrastination was my thing. I was studying better when I studied a day before the exam. Mm. And I, I came out with great, uh, great grades. You know, so I was a good, I was a very good student in my own way. Yeah. I chose my own way. I followed it, even though everyone told me, study in advance, manage your time better and things like that. But for me, it didn't work. So I found my own way. I followed it. Once I followed it and felt secure with it, I succeeded. So when you're in school, was it comforting having your sister with you? Because she's only a year older than you. Mm, yeah. Uh, my sister, she didn't have much friends in school. And I always felt um, obligated or guilty if I didn't take her with me. Or, you know, it was harder for her to make connections. <clears throat> and um, and uh, it was always that struggle for me. What about my sister? What am I going to do with her? Should I invite her? Should I not? Especially since we're so close in age and we did go to the same school so yeah was she a internal type of child was she's more quiet yeah yeah and uh, you, i think she was quiet and she was a little more mature for her age so it was hard for her to kind of lower her intelligence or you know lower her communication there to to fit the grade I was always my level. <laughs> Never had any problem with that. <laughs> I'm very flexible. So whoever that's in front of me, I'll adjust to them. And it for her, it was very hard to do. So. so you're in, this is like middle school. So you're going through middle school. What's that, what's that like? Do you guys have like middle school dances in that area or is it not, or is it a uh, religious school or like a regular public school? What type of school was it? So my, I went to um, first grade till sixth grade. I, sixth grade, I went to a religious school, which I'm super happy my, my parents took me there because it gave me, it gave me a lot of tools for life. Um, not just uh, tools, not just halakha tools, which is like the rules of relig religious, of Judaism, but more like um, mannerism and, and principles that that I, I take with me today. Uh, one of the things I take with me, and I'm, I try to do it, not every morning, but I try to say this little tiny blessing every morning when I wake up, uh, thanking God for waking me up with a breath in my mouth, mm. healthy and happy. That's very simple, but I try to do it every morning. Then after that, in middle school, my parents decided they want to give me better education. And better education means um, non-religious schools. So from there on, I went to... So would you say... Sorry, that the religious or the religious schools, why were they not so educational? Is because you're learning about religion the whole time or learning about the structure of Judaism or? Because the focus was, the curriculum focused mostly on um, uh, religious studies and it took most of the time. And the population that went to religious school was um, not so diverse. There were mostly Yemenite kids, 
And back then, when I was going into middle school, that's when Roshine started developing. Mm-hmm. And, and my parents wanted me to experience all kinds of cultures. They wanted to open me up to different kind of, not just the same type of mind. They wanted me to meet other people. And I think that was a great idea. What is the country of Yemen? Are they pretty, are they more Muslim? Are they more Christian? What, what's their like, their well, religious beliefs? It's mostly Muslim, mm-hmm. but um, uh, you know Israel, obviously, all the immigrants that came to Israel were Jewish. Yeah. Okay. So we're all, we're all Jewish, but Jewish from different countries. So when you leave this religious school, are you going into school now with more people from different yeah. What was it like meeting like your first Christian or your first Muslim friend? Like, what was that like? Oh, no, there's no Christian and Muslim, just Jewish, but from different uh, parts of the world, meaning kids that, that their grandparents came from Eastern Europe and kids oh. that came from Ethiopia and kids that came from Morocco and Iraq. And, and all of a sudden, it was like an eye opener for me. You know, that was one of the, uh, what I would say, culture shock that I've experienced in my life. The first one was in that school middle school the first year and then the second culture shock was obviously in new york well you know? in middle school when you have this culture shock do you do you look at your skin like i'm brown or then you yeah for people and yeah just, maybe i'm not brown what, what did you think you were yes i was thinking i'm brown like i i i see all of these white kids and i've never seen them before because i went to to uh, a school that was strictly only yemenites and I felt, um, I felt, I felt claustrophobic, I'd say, you know, I felt maybe they're not going to like me. Maybe I'm different. Maybe. Uh, and then it was the first day I remember we went to this uh, park to meet everyone to have this uh, social gathering. And at the end, I would, I didn't want to go. My mom dragged me there. I remember she dragged me there. And I, after that day, when people started talking to me and treating me like I'm a regular person, like them, I felt more secure and I uh, started making new friends. So this whole time, like before middle school, you never interact with any like white people in your country at all? No. Wow. No. Yeah, it's, it's what about people darker yeah. than you? Were there any darker Yemenites? Like, because you used to tell me, like, I'm dark, and I'm like, You're not dark, I'm dark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know yeah, dark. but it didn't, it didn't really matter. So you're Yemenite, you, you, every all the Yemenites look Yemenites to Yemenites, you know. Well, people can tell, so it, Yemenite. oh, yeah, in Israel, yeah, you can right. tell in Yemen. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Here, I'm a, I'm a little bit different looking Yemenite, but I still look Yemenite. So we're inside this school and you're meeting new people. Does mm-hmm. your friend go to the first friend you met from the beginning? This is the one you guys break off, right? You lose that. You guys go to different yeah. schools. Yes, and we broke up. We broke away. Mm-hmm. Me and my friend Oranit, her name is Oranit, broke away, you say, or broke broke up? It's boyfriend and yeah, girlfriend. We drifted, we drifted paths drifted back um and uh and i remembered that it was actually kind of good for me that i was alone that i didn't have any friend with me it it made the process easier 
to meet new friends because there's no one dependent on me. Well, what about your sister? My sister, she was one year ahead of me, so she wasn't. So I'm she talking was only process before you. Yes, exactly. She already made friends and everything. Mm. Um, but I, I was glad that happened. But then when she joined again to high school, I think it was. I don't remember if it was in the middle of the year that year or a year after. It was very hard for me to bring her in. It's almost like uh, she took uh, she took my place, you know, mm. and I felt like I need to take care of her to to introduce her to people to 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 socialize her, you know. Mm. It was very hard for me. I, it's funny how I remember these things. I think sometimes <laughs> when you talk to people, you activate memories that you forgot about. Yeah. You know, memories that yeah. you don't yeah. know that played a significant part in your life now that you had when you were like in those teen years. So I feel like yeah. the teen years, the adolescent years are like the most important years because you're trying to figure out mm -hmm. who you're supposed to be. And it really, you rub off of the people that you're around in mm -hmm. your environment, you know? Yeah. That's actually the time when I stopped talking in a Yemenite accent. Mm. It's funny that you mentioned it. Now I remember that. We, we used to speak we used to we grew up on speaking hebrew in the correct way which is het ve'ain because you spell it phonetically as you see it het ve'ain but when i started in this middle school and everyone started talking with het ve'ain i adopted it and i kind of changed my personality as well because when i was talking het ve'ain in front of my cousins they were making fun of me. Like, who do you think you are all of a sudden oh. changing your accent in front of us? I felt bad. I felt like I'm betraying my people. Mm -hmm. So We call that assimilation. Assimilation is yes. when you assimilate to other different cultures. So where you, we call it code switching. Like black people do that a lot. Black people talk oh, yeah? very differently amongst each other, but when they get to work, they're very completely different people. Right, right. And my sister carried her accent for a while, and then she also changed it, but she changed it gradually. Instead of het, she would say het, not het. It's almost like she was trying not to sound so different. You know, so you say as you as you go to your school, right, you're meeting all these different cultures and everything else and your cousins, you have 60 of them. How do they mm -hmm. feel? Because they don't they don't get this experience, right? Because your parents are liberal. Their parents are more conservative. So how do they feel? Are there like debates now because your mind has been open to a different part of the town, a mm -hmm. different part of the city? My cousins also went to the same middle school as I did. The, wow. Their parents also decided to, to move them out of religious school into that uh, uh, non-religious school. I think that, I think, I assume, I really just assume that they had harder time than I did because they didn't, I assimilated very quickly. I was like, I'm going to start being like everyone else. I'm going to adjust to the people. They didn't adjust so much. They kept themselves as what they were before. And it took them a few years to really like 
um, open up. I don't know if it's the right thing or the wrong thing. They stayed uh, genuine to what they were, right? There's a lot of them too. It's probably a comfort knowing that you're, all your cousins are at the school, you know? Yeah, also, right. But they were not the same age, so we would be in different uh, age groups. Do you, so do you remember having, could you go to other people's houses and stuff? So like, mm-hmm. when was the first time where you go to a person's house that's not Yemenite? What's that like? Mm-hmm. like oh, freak, we're going to an Iraqi's house tonight. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't have so much recollection of anything major or different because they did really accept it very nicely. They accepted me very nicely every family that I went to. And I've had I've had Ashkenaz friends and Moroccan friends and Iraqi friends, you know. I've had different kinds. But eventually, the funny thing is eventually in high school, after middle school, when I finished middle school and got to high school, I found myself a group of a group of Yemenites to 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 hang around with. Really? So these were yeah, these were my ultimate friends eventually. Did they so I don't they- assimilation accent too or you guys all spoke in your native accent it was like a mix Mm. some of them some of them did some of them didn't so what's the big change from middle school to high school because that's when people go through puberty that's when the boys are around how was your dad or mom with the boys what do they tell you like we're not dating we don't do that or well i've had uh i've had drama I didn't have a regular, <laughs> I had drama. That was, I dated my sister's friend. Your older sister's friend? My Not my oldest, my four years. She was four years older than me and I oh, dated and her. And you started dating? I was, I was 16 and a half when I met him. Half. He was 21. He was in the army. And I was still in high school. And we fell in love. We couldn't control it. And he was part of my sister's friends group. And uh, my dad, my mom hated it. You have no idea. And my sister hated that that fact, you know. She didn't want me to date him. Let's back it up. How did you guys meet? Well, you guys met. Did you guys meet before you were 16 or y'all just met at 16? We met at 16 and a half. I went uh, salsa dancing, actually. In Rosha Ayn, they had like a, a salsa night in the community center. And I went there. I was a very active kid. I went to salsa. I did rollerblades. I, I did a lot of things when I was a kid. And um, I went salsa dancing. And he was uh, one of the dancers. And that's how we fell in love. The dirty dancing. At <laughs> <laughs> six and a half. What is the eight, like is I don't know what's the dating like is in Israel like what can you when you're 16 can you date anybody you want or were there rules uh, that's kind of like uh oh yeah right in America it's statutory <laughs> statutory yeah, rape like, right different rules for us so back over there it's probably right. a big deal uh, right you're not allowed to um I, I think since he was my it's it's also not very um uh, common at all Right. But because he was my sister's friend, then my parents hated it, hated that idea. Yes. They spoke to him many times. They said to him, wait, don't date her now, wait for her. But we were really, really in love. We really loved being with each other. So 
it was inevitable. We were together for four years. How does your sister feel? Your sister's probably like, look, I went, this is my baby sister and you're, you're supposed to be my friend. Like, what is, you know? She couldn't say much. She really couldn't say much. She just didn't like that I joined her friends group, I think. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> but she couldn't say much. But it was, it was, it was drama. It was drama. Drama within you two or drama within your family? Or drama within, 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 within us, me and my sister. And uh, within uh, b- and between my parents and him, they didn't want him to date me. So. Wow. Yeah. Do you do? Is this the rebel stage? Are you? Are yeah. You because they wouldn't allow you, or this is your first boyfriend ever in life. It's because I've always wanted to have it my way. Oh. I wanted to try things, and if I didn't try, experience, and failed, I would never learn. I wouldn't give up. And I think I'm like that until today. Was it, so. was it, what about your high school friends? How are your high school friends dealing mm-hmm. with you and this military dude picking you up from high school? Were they just like, how did they react to what was going on? I've had such a, a, a tough time. I've had a really, really tough time socially since I met him because it kind of uh, took me away from them. I would spend more time with him and I spend time with them and they would, uh, would, uh, drift away at some point. They would not invite me to events and they would not call me. And I felt really alone. And, and then I realized that my parents were right. You know, uh, you need to live your age, mm. you know, you need to live your age. There's certain time for, uh, 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 for a study boyfriend of four years. I felt like I kind of lost those four years, you know? But I did the same mistake at 20 and then at 30. So. <laughs> I mean, it's different. Like the high, high school memories are like, you last a long time, you know? I think that a lot of friends I went to high school with, we have this everlasting bond. Mm-hmm. Because we mm-hmm. went to school we all were like military kids, so we all went to Japan. We all went to the Netherlands, so we all have this bond of even if we don't talk, we feel each other's pains and stuff like that. And for the ones who didn't experience it, it's like that that relatability that you lost a bit, you mm. know? Yeah. Because maybe your friends are thinking, yeah. like, I want to invite Sufa, but I don't want this old dude here. You know, he might cramp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Uh, we still, we are still in touch me and my friends from high school, not so much because everyone with their own life, you know, I'm single, they're married with kids. One of my friends from high school is single living in Tel Aviv. So we, we actually saw each other yesterday. We see each other a lot. Um, I wouldn't say there is this amazing bond between us because I, I kind of, um, I like to change. I like to evolve. I like to make new friends. I like to explore. I like to see different people, different culture, different. So for me to stay in the same place feels like almost like I'm stuck, I'd say, especially since they moved on. It's easier. They moved on with a husband and kids and everything else. So, did you get a chance to go to prom? Were there proms over there? Did like a prom? School? Yeah. Did you go or yeah, no? Yeah, there was. I went to the prom. Uh, 
I went to the prom. It was fun, uh, but I was I was such a tomboy. Wait, I was such a tomboy. No, no, by myself. You you didn't take a a, a partner to a prom in Israel. Yeah, you just go by yourself unless you're in the same grade. It's not uh, you take a date with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I remember uh, girls were dressed up with these gowns, and uh, I don't remember what I wore. <laughs> Probably jeans or something. Thing. Soccer headband. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Doing feel, this or something. Do you feel your looks played a role growing up? Mm, definitely. You feel like you looked older than what you were. Mm. Um, I if I looked older, then what do you mean? Or like meaning like, like even though you were sixteen, did you look like you were eighteen or look like you were twenty? No, but my behavior was. Oh. I was always much more mature for my age. Got it. Yeah, my mannerism, I would say, is more mature. I was married at twenty-one years old. All right, before before we get married, so what's your yeah. so as you are, are you rebelling against your dad and mom and stuff like that? Mm. Who, which parent was the one that just have like those intimate moments to talk to you one on one? Who was the one that would like just pull you to the side, like ask you like, "What's up, Sufa?" It wasn't like that, not back then. Actually, I don't think I've ever had such intimate moments with my parents or with my sisters. My yeah. parents are. In that way, they're old-fashioned in that way. They're not uh, the friends kind of the friends kind of parent. You It's know? crazy you're in such a big family, but such alone a little bit. Yeah, it's true. I was very much alone. Yeah. That's why I moved to New York, because I felt alone. And there I was alone, and, and, I, and it was justified, you know? Well, let's back that up. So you're 16, you're 17, mm -hmm. you graduate high school at 17, right? But don't you have to go in the military inside your country? I did, I did. I went, I was the first one to be recruited to the military. So I did this big party uh, and everyone came. First one, like, were you, did they just? Well, it, it, it's according to your age. If you were born in January, like I did, then you get recruited first. Okay. Right. So me and another girl from my uh, uh, grade, we were recruited. For, we were the first one to be recruited, and we did this big party, and all high school came, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, I did that for two years. I was in the military for two years. From seventeen to eighteen. From uh, I would say eighteen till I was twenty. I finished high school at eighteen. Did you have any fears being in the military? Is were you scared or, or was it excited? So, really excited. Excited, excited. I like new beginnings. I like different things. I like to experience things. Excited. But do you have a choice? Very. You don't really have a choice. You have to join the military, mm -hmm. right? You don't have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice to choose. Uh, you have. You can choose uh, what they give you. Kind of. They give you certain roles. And then you can choose from the one that uh, that you want. But uh, other than that, you don't have a choice. You have to go for girls two years. They changed it during my time to two years. And boys go uh, for three years. 
do you think in that culture in Israel, since everybody knows they're going to the military, no one's really shocked. Everyone's like, this is a part. This is what we got to do after we graduate high school. Mm -hmm. That's really kind of smart because when you get through college, you really, you don't know what you want to do. Like in America, we go to college Mm -hmm. and the first two years, we're kind of lost a little bit. That's true. It's true. And I think the military puts you somewhat on the right track of life. It takes you from high school to the real world. And that's like, uh, I think it's it's kind of a, a great transa- transition because it teaches you also, just like my, uh, my, 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 my school days, I told you about how I got all the, uh, from the, from the religious school, I got all the uh, um, uh, mannerism and everything like that. Here in the military, it taught me how to be organized, it taught me how to be uh, dedicated to my purpose. It taught me how to even handle tough situations in life, how to look at them, how to analyze them and how to treat the situations. It taught me how to, to tolerate pain also, mental pain. In the military here, they have this thing called basic training or oh, or So what was your basic training like? Did you have like months where you guys trained? How long was <sighs> It was so difficult. It was so, so, so difficult. I did three months, which is not typical for girls. I did three months in this faraway base, all the way in Eilat. You know where Eilat is, right? Egypt. All the way, but close to Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. And it was three grueling months of training, uh, uh, physical training every day, mental training every day. The reason why that is because I was the first um, kamad. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, in, how do you call that? It's the first course for the role that I did. Okay, so you're like the first, first one, like the first class to ever do it. Yeah, in the army. So they took it too seriously, you know, they took it to the extreme. I don't think that they do that today for this specific role, but they really uh, tortured us. <laughs> yeah. Did you, what would you say when you were doing it? Was it like some people, like when you look at the military, some people get yelled at, screamed at, were you getting yelled at and screamed at? What was that like? Was oh, that yeah. the first time ever experiencing authoritative discipline? Yes, yes, because I've always done what I wanted, right? Mm. I did my mistakes. I, 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 <clears throat> I didn't listen to anybody. You know, I followed my own way, my way or the highway. And all of a sudden, they tell you what to do. You know, you only have certain hours of sleep a night. And, and you take cold showers. And you cannot leave for the weekend to go see your parents. You know, it's... Uh, it's it was very tough, very very tough. Who did you meet out there? Did you bond with any of the soldiers while you were there? You probably made some long lasting people mm-hmm. as you guys go through this specific training together. Three months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. Um, I had one girl that continued with me through my service for the next two years, and we became really good friends. Um, but other than that, really, all my connections in Israel, all my long time, long time friends, when I moved to New York, it kind of stopped. So today, I I didn't keep in touch probably with anybody. 
from my military. What was the lowest point when you were in the military? Where you're just like, yo, God, what is going on? What? How do I make it through? What was that lowest point? Do you remember that moment while you were serving? Mm -hmm. What was that mm -hmm. like? It was, um, I think it was a Wednesday when I had some kind of altercation with one of the commanders. She was the commander. She was... Um, She was treating me with um, with too much authority. Mm. She took the authority and she abused it. And uh, and I answered to her. And you don't do that in the army. You don't answer to your commander. And I did that. And I got punished. I got punished. I went to a military um, court court it's like you're going into the head of the commander and he judged me for a weekend to spend in the army and that was very tough for me so well, well did you why did you think she was picking on you what did you think why did you think she was actually tough on you did she see something in you that she thought or you think she thought what did you think it was maybe or maybe we just didn't click maybe we didn't have chemistry maybe she aggravated me i aggravated her in ways that are unexplainable you know, but we were really like a, a, a cat fight. Cat fight, you say? Yeah. Always. Dog fight. Dog fight. Yeah. Did you feel alone while you're in the military? No, there's always people around me. Um, we had a great social connection with everybody. So well, the military was pretty much, I think, the best time of my life looking, looking back freedom there's money power mm -hmm. how good could you shoot were you a good shooter i was a great shooter i'm a great shooter now too <laughs> yeah you better watch out <laughs> what, i'm so a good you, shooter when you get home from the military what's that embracement like in the family mm, very or because everybody's went to the military yeah and at that time when i went to the military my first niece was born I remember that very vividly. And I was so excited to go back home to see her. You know, she was like uh, our baby. You know, we were girls. We we're four girls. For us, our first niece was like our daughter. So that was very exciting coming home. So you're going through the military. Your sister, she's married. She's married. Your middle, mm -hmm. second oldest sister, where she's at? Where is she at right now when you're like in your, when you're at 19? Uh, she's, uh, in the middle, I'm in the middle oh, wait a second, ask again, where am I again? Big sister, she just had her first baby, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have... Ah. me in the military, and my sister DV was also in the military. DV is one year the, old. The one year older, and then my sister Hilan, who's four years older, she went, uh, to school. Uh, at the Technion in Haifa. She went for her uh, master in engineering. She's a very bright woman, very smart, very successful, very proud Helen, of her. Helen's friend, Helen, you were the one that you were dating Helen's friend. Exactly. So I got to ask because you're still dating him as you're in the military, right? Mm hmm. Well, uh, was I? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Yes. 
So does that relationship get better with him and the family because he's been around for four years? Is everyone like more used to him coming for Shabbat dinners and stuff like that? Yeah, there was always the animosity still from Taking uh, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, but 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 they were more accepting. They were more accepting. So yeah. Elite, say her name again. Kinat. Kinat, no Kinat. She's the oldest. She just had oldest. a. Yes, Helen, who went to the Technion Engineering. DV, who went to the Army at the same time that I did, because we are one year apart. And then... You. So DV, DV, she's a, she's the one year apart. Yeah. And then Helen. Mm-hmm. She's four years older than you. Mm-hmm. And then the oldest one is... Cannot. Cannot. Mm-hmm. What does her name mean, Kenat? Kenat and Helen, these are two uh, cities in the Bible. Yeah, that's why I was like, yeah, these are these names. And what does Divi, Divi mean? Divi is, um, Divi means Dahari, Yehudit, but Yosef. It's both my grandpa, my grandpa, my grandma and my grandfather's name inside her inside her name. So Kinat, she has her first child. Mm-hmm. She has her first Kinat. She has her first child. And what is that like? What is that like? Are you guys all like, oh my God, she's she's, she's her baby. She has her, her first baby. Does she have a boy or a girl? A girl. A girl. So what do you remember your parents? Were they, what were they shocked being grandparents? What oh. were they like as grandparents? They were high. We were we were all high because she was a she was a spicy girl, you know, she wasn't a regular kid. She was very spicy. You talk to her. She answers back. She's like that today, too. So she was very interesting and very cute. And we all really, really loved her and took care of her. And my sister was spoiled because we were all around the kid, you know, taking care of her, babysitting and everything. So. So Helen, she starts going to school. What does she go to school for? Helen went for engineering at the Technion. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then uh, mm-hmm. Divi, she's in the military with you. Divi's in the military, yes. So you guys kind of like, you and her kind of were like always one step together. each other. Was in that insignia. Mm-hmm. So who was the sister yeah. that you would call like when you were like when you felt like alone or you still just kept it into yourself, you know? I most of the time I kept it to myself. I always do until today. Uh, but I would speak to a friend. I feel more comfortable sharing my feelings, my thoughts, my fears with a stranger, you know? Why is that? With a friend, but someone not from the family stranger well, why is that is it like the judgment or you don't you feel like you're being exposed or you like keeping your struggles internal i think we never our family never showed feelings mm. my mom my dad never showed feelings so for us showing feeling is some kind of weakness did you ever show your feelings to your boyfriend or did you keep or did you oh yeah no i i show feelings i show feelings to my boyfriend to my partners to my friends, I show feelings until a certain limit, until, until a certain limit, you know, 
when it starts hurting too much, I walk away. Mm. Yeah, that's a thing. <clears throat> so in your timeline right now, we're in the military. You just finished, right? You're in the military. Mm -hmm. Your niece is finally born. Is this when your dad and mom start separating or? Uh, yes, my, my mom and my dad separated when I was 21. That's after the army when I moved to New York. That's when they separate. So what's that What's that conversation like? Why do you move to New York? What's happening in your life where you're just like, you know what? I'm done living in Israel. I'm going mm -hmm. to the big city. Mm -hmm. what, was that, what was that conversation like? Why were you trying to go to New York? What was there? So I finished the army um, when I was 21. And then um, they give you this program, this free program that you can... Uh, study for the exam exam that takes you to college it's called psychometry it's like the uh not sat sats yeah kind of i think it's but the sats i think it's like our diploma our high school diploma it's not a diploma right it's the no, test that you do it's like a test that you do to get in college okay so that's the one right so i did the sats and i didn't succeed in it I felt very uh, angry and uh, frustrated. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, I want to go to college. And I don't want to go to a private college. I don't want to pay so much money. I want to go to college, regular college, you know, like, like, a, like a city college. And, uh, and then I decided I have an aunt in New York in White Plains. And I'm going to move to New York and study in New York. My English is good. Did you yeah. ask your aunt? Did you just like, hey, I'm coming to New York? Or she just said, hey, come. It's just. She uh, she always welcome everyone that comes because she doesn't come to Israel very often. So she wants everyone to come to her. She's a very good uh, um, um, host. And uh, when I first came to New York, I wasn't sure about school. I knew that I didn't want to do the trip after the army. You know how Israelis go after the army to south america or india and like travel do tracks uh, i didn't want to do that hiking um i wanted to go to america uh travel work and the and i started with work right. and um started with work i made good money and uh, then i decided that i want to travel so i moved to florida i lived Wait, in so florida for a few months so you go to New York, right? You go to New York. Mm -hmm. um, what's that conversation like with your parents? What did you just say? Like, hey, because you don't want to go to an expensive college, but New York is very expensive. Mm -hmm. What do they say when you say, all right, guys, Auntie Sufa is leaving and she's going to New York. What, what did anybody care? Everyone's like, okay, no problem. Um, they knew me. Know. They knew my, they knew my personality. They knew that I'm, um, we say in Hebrew, Ale Baruach. <clears throat> I am uh, always changing my mind, changing my location, changing my my uh, opinion. So I, when I said I'm going to New York, for them it was traveling. You know, she's going to go, work, travel, come back. That's what they thought. And, uh, and since then they try to bring me back to Israel. <sighs> 16 years. Who was the one? So was your dad just like, man, 
did you feel alone? Walk us through the first time getting to New York. What airport do you fly into? Because that's a big jump. That's a big different mm-hmm. place because you're used to, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I came to New York. I came through JFK. Everything was so big. Everything was big. I, you know, and the English and the cabs and the airport is huge. And and just getting from one place to another was, was exciting for me. You know, I, I used the subway. I used immediately I used the subway and the public transportation. I didn't I wasn't spoiled. I was, you know. Oh, who picked you up? No one picked you up from the airport? You found it. Oh no, the the first time my cousin came to pick me up. Um my cousins back then were all over America. One of them was in Florida. One of them was in Brooklyn. The other one is uh, in in Westchester, and it's like all over the place. And I I, I won I I in a college in uh, I I want to. Am I saying it right? It's Up north, New York. Probably. Yes, upstate New York. Yeah. Um and uh, and I was alone at my aunt's house with her for like two months right now no i mean like when you got there was it a big difference it was but we always uh we always got along very very well she really knows how we have chemistry i think me and my aunt we know she knows how to talk to me Mm -hmm. and uh we have a lot to talk about we have great conversations and i had a good time with her but the weather was terrible i came in in november oh my god Imagine from Israel to New York in November. I felt like I want to, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. Then I moved to Brooklyn, which was the worst decision because Brooklyn was colder and I was alone. And I was working as a waitress in this hole-in-the-wall restaurant. I, I, It was snowy, I remember. It was a big mess. The apartment I was staying in didn't have heat. Why and did you, uh, why did you move to Brooklyn? What was wrong with White Plains? Why did you leave to go to Brooklyn? I I wanted to be independent. I wanted to start my own life, you know, and I didn't want to stay there any longer. And then I made a decision two months after. I said, enough is enough. I'm not doing this winter anymore. I'm going to Florida. And I moved to Miami. Where's um where's the boyfriend at this time? Because you're 21. This is the end. This is as soon as you leave. Oh yeah. How does he take this? Was the and you're like, I'm it was very hard for him. I told him I'm going on vacation and for only <laughs> six, only for a few months. And then, and then I, I knew that it was, I felt like it was over back when I was in, I was in Israel, but I needed that time in New York to really understand that it's over. Right. You know, my battery is dying. Um, I have 20%. Um, it's your computer if you want. Let me charge it. I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna charge. It. And then, um, and then I met my first husband in Miami, and that's how we um, met in Miami. He lived in Miami. I lived in Miami. So walk walk um, us through meeting your husband. So you break up. We mm-hmm. break up with your ex. Mm-hmm. How bad does he take it? Is it really is it really bad? Yeah, he kind of took it really bad. He really loved me very much. And uh, I was I think I was already kind of over. I wanted a different life. I knew it. I just didn't want to admit it, but I wanted a different life. 
I wanted, I wanted something bigger, something better, something different, you know, mm -hmm. and I didn't find it in Israel. So, um, so I was, yeah, I was in Miami. I met my first husband. I met him. Did you? The funniest story. Before, before we get to your husband though, as mm -hmm. you break up with him, mm -hmm. do you have any type of feeling towards it? Or do you think since you were so young, you were just like, all right, let's move on with my life? I think it was it. I think I was too young. I didn't think much about it. How do you deal with a man crying in front of you? <laughs> because uh, I've had it a few times. Let's go to the first time. It was him, right? First time it was him. Um... I don't remember it, honestly. It was so long ago. I was 21 years old. It's like 16 years ago. I remember I remember oh, all the people that cried in front of me. I remember my friend crying. The reason why I remember my friend cried in front of this girl when he was like 16. And I just walked away. I was like, I can't watch this. <laughs> uh, when a man cries, it feels like the world is collapsing. Right, like something like is really wrong with the world. Yes, I think I I remember when my first husband was crying when we broke up and I felt like the world is collapsing, really. Like, what am I going to do now? I have to take care of the situation. The whole world is on my shoulder and I don't know what to do. I mean, it was very difficult. We break up with him, yeah. right? You're 21, he's 25. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. four years, that's a long time, you know, especially... But you're young, so you're just like, I'm ready to see the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I was at that stage. I'm ready to see the world, right? And he was holding yeah. you back. Uh-huh. Yeah, that freaking happens. So what? So you want to go to Miami. You want to go to Miami because you're cold in New York? What prevents to go to Miami, Florida? So cold in New York. Freezing cold in New York. It's not a life, you know? My bones are frozen. <laughs> Did you transfer I've... schools or you just said, F it, let's go to Miami? No, I, I didn't go to school back then. I still not, I'm not going to school yet. I'm, I think I'm 20 and a half, something like that. So how are I you didn't even get my permit. How did you get, how did you start working? You just like... I know. I just, I worked for, um, I wasn't in, in New York. I worked a little bit as a, as a nanny mm. with a family. And then I worked as a waitress in this Israeli small restaurant. And in Miami, when I moved to Miami, I worked, um, you probably know Israelis come to New York or America and they work as a salesman at these uh, kiosks where they sell Dead Sea products from Israel. Yeah, I so got I worked there that before. You got rubbed with those fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> Let me sharp your nail. <laughs> yeah. Look how shiny That's it is. That's what I was like. This isn't... So you mm -hmm. do that, right? Is this what you like? That. Maybe I should start school or you meet your first husband? That's when I met my first husband. He came to my kiosk and he flirted with me and he came again and again and he came a few times. And I was like, and then my friend told me, if you're not going to date him, I'm going to date him. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let me give it a chance. What were you, so you're selling Dead Sea products to him and he just kept going? I was like, yeah, my skin's feeling very. <laughs> no, he tried to get a date. He didn't come for more products. Um, what and uh, What was the first date? Where did he first take you? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I think Lincoln Road. But where in Lincoln Road? Oh, 
We went for ice cream, I remember, after. The ice cream, I, I remember it was a pistachio ice cream too. <gasps> oh my God, Jared, you're taking me so bad. It's like, it's like oh my God, yeah. And I have bad memory. I don't remember anything. And you just took me back to the pistachio ice cream. What was that like? What was the, what was the, what was the date like? Was he charming? Was he tall, he short? Mm, he was sleek. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very sleek. Yeah. Like a true Puerto Rican. Oh, he's Spanish. And you were good at salsa dancing too. So how you saw yeah. right inside that thing. Delgado. I was a Delgado. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does he say? So the first date goes well. When do you guys make the it? The first a- date goes well, and the second date, and the third date, and uh, and then we started dating. Mm-hmm. And then he breaks the news after six months, and he says, "I'm sorry, but I have to move to New York." You're like, I just left New York. I was like, now you're telling me I'm not going back to that hell. <laughs> but I did. And I lived in Brooklyn with him for a little while. And then I lived by myself in Connecticut because I was making money in Connecticut. Did he say, separate did, from me. Did he say, let's move? Or did you guys try to do the long distance for a while? He actually said, let's move. We moved together. We moved wow. together. Yeah, we moved together. Within six months of dating, you're like, F it, let's go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was 21 years old. He was 36 years old. Wait, whoa, you have a... Mm-hmm. Do you notice weakness you for a, older men? You have a yeah pattern with these older dudes. I do, daddy <laughs> complex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess until today. It, until what is today. it with older men though? Do you feel like they have it? They're more. They're more uh, ripe. They're ripe. Ripe for what? They're mature. They're ripe. They're more. Um, they're intelligent. They know how to talk to a girl. They. Um, they're. So they're secure. There's they're they have uh, self self. How do you say? Confidence. Yeah, there's a confidence, right? Confidence. They are very confident. Yeah, Let me ask I need that. Question. Do you think it's because you grew up with a lot of older people? I think it's because I never had a dad figure in my life. My dad was always really uh, distant, and uh, even growing up, uh, never. E- even never growing up, I don't up, talking to you, hugging you. No, mother. no, none of that. Never. If I remember one conversation I had with my dad after parent-teacher conference, and he said something about, "I I love all of you just the same, um, even though you're very different. Every one of you has their own uniqueness." I remember that vividly, but that's it from my whole life. When's the, when's, do you remember the, all the times that your dad said he loved you? Can you count them on your hand? Um, well, he never said that. Was he affectionate with your mother in front of you? Uh, they had some moments, but most of the time they would argue. Yeah. So as you're in New York, your parents start to divorce. Are your sisters calling you saying like, hey, they're about to separate? Do you, what's that emotion mm-hmm. like? Or you don't know anything? I, I always see it as being lucky for not being here. You know, mm-hmm. my family went through, my dad, my mom went through uh, terrible, really terrible. I, 
I, I, I, I wouldn't be able to handle if I was here. I wouldn't be able to handle. My dad left, my mom kicked him out, and then they had a fight, and then big thing. And then my dad decided that he's moving to Thailand permanently because he visited Thailand many times, and then he decided that he wants to move there permanently. And that's when they separated. They didn't divorce, they just separated. That's how they do it in black households too. Some people just separate. They don't live in the same house, but they just be different families. That's Southern, I guess all black people, but some Southern people. Do you, what does that go through? Like your mother, right? Do you have that relationship with your mother to talk to her? Is anybody there for her? Does anybody? Yeah, my sister, my my mom is very, very, very close with my older sister. Very close with her. I've never had, uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's because they have the same personality. Mm. Me and my dad, me and my mom has, we're very similar in many ways, but we do not have mutual language. We don't, we, we talk, we fight. It, it's like first sentence. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I can't even go through one sentence without arguing. So, unfortunately, but I'm trying. I'm, I'm not trying. I'm, <laughs> I'm avoiding. <laughs> I shouldn't say I'm trying. I'm not trying. Do you think your mother, when she's going through all that stuff, like your sister was like probably there for her the most? Yeah. Especially my older sister. You said in the beginning, you said in the beginning that Kinnot's husband became like more of a father figure to you. Mm -hmm. How does that happen? Because you kind of, you're like away. Mm -hmm. Or are you calling your sister to talk and he's just talking to you? How does that development happen? Yeah. Uh, we, I would call them. I would basically just call them all the time. I'll call them. in the first ten years in, of my stay in New York. I, <clears throat> I would call them at least once a week and share with them things and talk to both of them. You know, not my mom, but them. Um, but then it kind of faded, and I stopped doing that. What about uh, DV? What was she like when you were t- in New York? Was she checking in on mm, you? No. We were, we, we basically didn't talk at all, neither with my sister Devi or with my sister Healy. My mom would kept calling me every few weeks. And um, I'm, I'm a very, I, I'm a person that deals with the situation better if I shut down. Detach yourself. Detach. It's easier for me. Yeah. Do you think that you kind of left your sisters alone to deal with that? Do you think they really needed you at the time, or? Um, no, I think that they handled it pretty good, and I I don't think they even wanted me to be there, honestly. Really? Yeah. I, I, we say in Hebrew, echad yoter nechmad. The 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 less the better. Mm. You know. Are you, you're the only one like this, right? At all your sisters, you're the only one that's flight, yeah. take flight, run. Yeah. Take flight and run. Yeah, and, and I think that 16 years in a different country made me like that also with the years because I got used to dealing with things on my own, by myself. Um, even my boyfriend, my current boyfriend, he uh, is... is amazed by how I like my 
quiet time, my personal time, my alone time, you know. So dad's dad's moving to Thailand. Mom's mm-hmm. mom's going through a separation. Uh Kenan, she has her daughter and you are with your you guys don't get married yet though, right? You just moved back to New York. So he asked you to move back to New York. Mm-hmm. And you say yes. Uh yes, I say yes. And we Did live you even together. Think about it or you were just like, let's just go. I didn't have anything holding me back in Miami and in New York it was already kind of sunny and nice. So <laughs> I was like okay I'll give it another chance. Were you guys living together in Miami? Uh yeah. At some point we we lived together. Yeah. So this is all after two time. months of dating. Jeez Louise. You know. Everything was very quick. I'm very quick. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, it's very quick. You're always like, oh, no, we're done. I was like, really? <laughs> so two yeah. months within dating, boom. So let's mm-hmm. move in together. You move in. Do you mm-hmm. have a lot of stuff, or you don't have that much stuff? A suitcase. Oh, a suitcase. My first, I think, my first five years in New York, my life was a suitcase. What's it like dealing, like interacting with his friends? Because his friends are like 36. They're in their mid 30s. You're 21 years old. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think since you served in the military, you probably know how to interact with older people and stuff. So mm-hmm. you're maybe 27, right? Yeah, yeah. No one, no one imagined I'm 21 years old. Again, I was very mature for my age, even when I was 21 years old. Very mature. So no one really paid attention to it too much, and no one really talked about it. No one even asked me how old I am, honestly. But going That's back right. to your dad's point, your dad always told you like you should enjoy your age that you are, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. age that you are. Mm-hmm. So you you move back to New York. You mm-hmm. move back to New York. You guys are dating now, right? Well, you guys are mm-hmm. are you engaged or just still dating? We're dating. We're dating. There was no engaged period. You just like let's move in together, or he said let's move. Let's let's move in together. We moved in together, and then after a few months, I remember I needed to go back to Israel. Why is that? My time in New York has finished. Okay. Um, I did a few trips back and forth because you know, in order to be um, to renew your visa, you get visa for six months. Mm-hmm. So in order to renew your visa, you have to leave the country and come back. Like so I left and come back. I left and came back. I left and came back. And then I told them, I'm not going to do it again, because usually they look at it very strangely. If you go and come back so many times, they'll think I'm leaving here and uh, the immigration, I mean. And then he said, then marry me. There was no like get down on one ring, no engagement or anything. Get down on one ring. <laughs> get down on one knee and say. <laughs> no, there was no such thing. It well, was did just. Did you want that as a girl? Did you want that as a woman? Like, did you? I didn't. I was twenty-one years old. You know, I I didn't at that age. I didn't really. I didn't have brain cells too much. <laughs> I didn't think so much about about life, about the consequences of my actions. Mm. Um, I just thought to myself, okay, so it's a way to stay in America. 
let's try it. Let's do it and see how it goes, you know. So you Worst know. case, I go back to Israel, you know. So the next day we go to City Hall with two of his friends and we get married. What did your parents say when you told them? I didn't tell them. It was a secret for a while. Why was it a, why was it a secret? Were you, uh, were you embarrassed or you thought this I was... I don't know if I was ashamed, embarrassed, or, um, well, I didn't know how they're going to react. Mm. A, he's not Jewish. Is he Catholic? B, uh, no, he's, uh, he's, uh, um, how do you say? Uh, Non-denominational? No, there's a word for it. Someone that's not, doesn't believe in any. Oh, atheist. Atheist, right. Oh, wow. He's an atheist. He has some Jewish in him, but not the right side. And uh, I was worried about that. I was worried that he's older than me, that he has a daughter, that, you know, blah, blah. Oh, wow. Blah. That's, what was that? So when did you meet his daughter? That's, that's yeah, a- I was 21 years old with a daughter, oh, with wow. a 12-year-old daughter. Wow. What yeah. Was, what was she like? Was, did she rebel a little bit? Was, did she like you? or? She didn't live with us. She lived with her mother. Honestly, he wasn't the perfect dad. He kind of left her when she was one years old. And he only came back when she was 12. So he didn't really spend much time with her. He wasn't really connected with her. We would see her maybe once a month or, you know. Unfortunately, I wanted to see her more. You were on. You know, you were were just in that phase of, like, taking care of, like, you know, your niece. Yeah. So we moved to Brooklyn. We move, you get married, you hide a secret. When do you let the secret out? I think a year after. What did your parent what did your family say? Like we knew it the whole time or I think they kinda knew what time they knew about it. Uh and also uh they welcomed him very, very well. They really liked him actually. Why were you shocked? They said no. Because I thought they're go- it's gonna be hard for them. You know, I thought it, they're not going to accept it as much as I thought they did. Um, but they did, and they liked him. So. Do you think it's because he's from a different culture, you know? One second, Jared. Let me switch my uh, AirPods. These ones don't work anymore. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, wonderful. Let me just put these back in here. Okay, but oh, I see you now. Okay. Anyway, um, so they accepted him as part of the family. How'd that make you feel? Were you excited? Good, good, yeah, of course. Excited and good. We were together for six years, me and him. Was that your longest ever relationship, six years? Um, yes, actually. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. What was what was the point where things started to shake? Howard. Yeah, what were things to shake? Because you're growing, you know, you're 21. You, you know, you're going into your middle of 20s now, so now you're a different type of woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think the breaking point, even though there should have been lots of breaking points, because he wasn't the best of husbands, I would say. 
<clears throat> uh, I think the breaking point was when um, uh, I'm, uh, I feel bad to say that, but um, when he started collapsing, when he started breaking, breaking, because um, he was always the stronger, he was stronger than me. He was the commander. I was the soldier. He always treated me like I um, I'm his uh, subordinate, subordinate mm -hmm. you say, subordinate, uh, teaching me how to behave, how to handle him, how to be, how to, he was very strict kind of military guy. And then, and then, and he did some really terrible things, you know, um, he kind of molded me into what he wanted me to be. And when he broke down, he lost his job and he was depressed and, he was blah, blah, blah. I started looking at this man and I'm saying to myself, like, I, I had bad times with him when he was strong. I'm having bad times with him when he's weak. So when are we going to be in a situation where we're stable? You know, I mean, when is it ever going to be good? And, um, and that's when I decided to leave. Were and you, he was okay with it. Were you a good wife, though? You know, because this is new I, you, you know? If he's teaching you how to be fit for him, like, did you think you were a good wife? Because this is completely new for you. I was a child. I was a child. I was, I was, uh, um, I, I, uh, you said in Hebrew, he molded me. I was his material. He molded me. I was his clay. He took me and he did whatever he wanted with me. So I honestly don't know if to say if I was a good wife or not. Um, <clears throat> was I a good wife when I picked him up from his promiscuous behavior? I don't know. Was I a good wife when he was passing out on the floor drunk and I would pick him up and take care of him? I don't know. Was I a good wife that I let him you know, live his life without consequences. I don't know. I was, I, I don't know because I was a child. I, I didn't know what to be, what to do. <clears throat> today, I realized that these were not the right things to do, but today is already too late. Well, it's know? not too late, but if you, if you were talking today and you were talking to Sufra at 25 or 24, mm -hmm. what would you mm -hmm. tell her? Because you can ana analyze that situation now and see, were you a good wife at the time? Because even though you were a child, now you're an adult. You can look back and see, boom. Like when I look back at my past relationships, I realize like, yo, I was, I wasn't the best man to this woman, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I look back on my life and I apologize for the man that I was, right? And there was mm -hmm. like still hurt there when I apologized to this person. Mm. But I had to analyze myself and realize like, okay, yeah, that was. I I did that with my second husband. I, I analyzed myself and I actually came to him and I apologized. I cried and I apologized. The second one. But the first one, let's stay, stay on the first one. So, so the first one, as I said, I was, I, 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 I went through so much with him, things that he did to me that I... I don't know if I should say, I don't know how I was. I didn't even look at myself so much. Was because it, he, 
was it through culture, culture different wise? Like, you know, were you saying like, oh, I shouldn't, was it like mental abuse or physical abuse? Like what type of abuse were you just not used to? Not you it was never more... be used to abuse, but were you just mm -hmm. shocked where you didn't know how to react? Does that make sense? I think it was mental abuse, but not because of the culture shock, because we assimilated pretty good, you know, we, 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 and that way, culturally, culturally, because the Spanish culture is closer to the Israeli culture. It was more that he was um, older, I was younger, and he took advantage of it. He told me what to do and how to behave, how to be a good wife. He wanted me to be what he wanted me to be. Do you think you were a trophy wife? Not to him. Um, maybe because of my age and my looks. Yeah. 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 You can say that. Yeah. It was a trophy. Yeah. Trophy. When did you like know that you started wanting more? Like when do you start realizing like, yo, this isn't the way, like, is there ever a time where you just caught him drunk and you just wonder, like, what did I leave my country for this? Did you ever ask that? Mm -hmm. Or, like, what were your, like, your goals at, like, 20? Like, I know you, did you want to be more than a wife? Like, what were the things? Like, yo, I want to do this. I want to work. Like, how was mm -hmm. your job setting? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be. Too? Or you were just, or was your world only involved in him? Mm -hmm. I was, uh, <clears throat> it was towards the end when I thought to myself, uh, I lost six years of my 20s. Oh, wow. I never really dated anybody. I, um, I'm, I'm settling down and I, I don't know why, you know, I, I didn't experience anything yet in my life. I met him when I first came to New York, when I first came to Miami. <clears throat> I haven't dated anybody other than him in America. <clears throat> I should try for something better. It's always that thinking, but with him, it was very vivid. Um, because he was so promiscuous, not because he was of his age, not because of his culture, not because, because he had a very promiscuous way. You know, he was yeah. 36 years old, acting like a 12 year old, you know. Address it? Are you like now? comfortable to like address his behaviors and like are you speaking up for yourself more in the relationship i'm more open like i'm less afraid than what i was yeah. that's what you're so saying. now you know yeah. now you're more like i'm the captain now instead of the soldier mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly back then i didn't even know how to look at it i didn't have the tools to look at it from an outside situation and analyze it when you guys do divorce, right? Because you're already technically working in the city, you have your green card and everything else. Do you leave New York or does he leave New York? How does that, how does that, how does it happen when you go, I'm leaving? How does he take that? I left uh, the city and I moved into White Plains where I was working. Um, and I would still come to school because it was right at the end of it, of my school time. So I would come to school in the city, uh, maybe once or twice a week. Uh, but I would work in White Plains, so the move was very easy. He actually helped me move my stuff. Yeah. Um, it was that kind of a breakup, you know. It was good. It was on a good level. It wasn't. But I think what really shocked him 
and what hurt him and hurt me because it ended so quick is that I met my second husband <clears throat> two weeks after I moved out of the apartment. Where did y'all meet? What were you doing? Running? Like, whoa. I was dating. Honestly, we kind of broke up two months before I moved out of the house. <clears throat> we were just living together, but we weren't really together. I was sleeping in the living room. He was sleeping in the bedroom. We knew we were breaking up. Good. But we didn't, I didn't move out yet because I couldn't find a place. And when I finally moved, I allowed myself to date and I dated twice. And then I dated once with John and that's, that was over. And it actually pissed me off because here I am ready to go out, to have fun, to meet new people, to date, to see what I really want, to explore. And then there's this charming guy come over and sweep me off my feet and marry me again. Did you wait a while to get married or was it instantly as well? He proposed six months after our first date. Exactly. Such a, a, a nice pattern. Six months in a marriage. Do you think that's why every time you date a guy, like, well, he doesn't want to marry me within six months? I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, uh, it was not good. It was not good. It was, it was too much. It was too much. You notice you've been in, you've never had any breaks in a relationship until you got into your thirties, right? Yeah. Like the first time you were like single, single. Mm-hmm. And this is why today it's really hard for me to commit. Very hard. And, and, and this is the, the yeah, yes. You've committed so much of your life since 16, you've been committed to a man. So now it's, it's hard to lose, to give away that freedom that you have, that you work so exactly. hard. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And the funny, the ironic thing is that this is my time to commit. I'm 37 years old. This is the time. Not back then. Now it's the time to commit and to have kids and to, but but it's hard for me because of my past experiences. It's trauma. That's what people call trauma. You carry trauma from different relationships. What mm -hmm. did you carry from your first marriage to your second marriage that affected? Were there trust issues because your first husband was not as trustworthy? Also trust, of course. The first and the second was not trustworthy, but. Um, but I, I carry the trust from the first one still. Yeah, it was a baggage. And the fear of control, you know, he controlled me in every aspect. And um, and that fear of being controlled. So that's what I took. So your second husband, where was the first date? What was the what was the thing? How did he sweep you off your feet? Like, what did he say to you? Can a person <laughs> know you get a chance with it? What did he say to... <laughs> we... Uh, we went on a date to a restaurant mm. um, in this city, a Mexican restaurant in Alphabet City. And uh, he was romantic and sweet and gentleman. And he took me to the restaurant and then went, went to a, a jazz bar. And, and wow. it was a nice talk. And he really fit the profile in so many ways 
that profile that I was looking for, that every girl is looking for. What's that profile? Walk me through what every girl is looking for. <sighs> so oh. everything that my ex-husband did not have, he had. Well, you always want something different than what you've had because you like, think it's the best. It's the worst. What does he have? Long he long. was he was taller. He was uh, handsome. He was um, he came from a, a good family. Not because my first husband came from a broken family. You know, his mother had five kids from five different men, mm-hmm. and this guy comes from a two two parents, a sister living in. Uh, you know, Greenwich, Connecticut. You think Greenwich, Connecticut is good families, right? You would think until you really get to know them. And then he was well, he was uh, well established with a job. You know, not like he he was looking into the future, buying a home, putting his ducks in a row. Unlike the previous one, who would spend all of his paycheck in one shot. Uh, so he was like the right man, I would say. And he was very committed to me, I thought. He was very loyal to me, I thought. It's, again, gullible, I would say. And um, and that's it. And that's, uh, How old was he? Is he? What was the age difference between you and him? I was 27 years old. He was 42 years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and the list goes on and on. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> the old ones. <laughs> yeah, the old ones. <laughs> uh, the story of my life. Kids, though? Does he have kids or no kids? Mm. If we have kids? No, no. Does he have kids when you meet him? Does he have any kids? No, 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 no. So that's yeah. the benefit, you know, you to use no. Mm-hmm. And do yeah. you feel, because as it seems like as you're a woman, you're growing, but it seems like as you went away from your family, you got more and more alone, right? Like, I got more and more. Uh, I got more and more. Um, I don't want to say alone because I didn't feel alone in my situation. I felt. Maybe I felt comfortable in that alone situation because at first it was really hard for me being with John, not thinking of moving to Israel. We had big fights about it. I wanted to move and he didn't. And I really wanted to be close with my family and my mom and everything. And um, but why is that? Why is that? Because you're, you're distant from your family. What is it? Just you spent too much time in New York where you really need them? or I think it was because... Today, I understand that it was because John did not fulfill, my second husband did not fulfill all the needs that I needed from a partner. And I was looking for it through my family. You know, I didn't, I didn't um, connect with him. Mm. Uh, he wasn't my friend. He wasn't my family. Uh, oh. I knew I know now that I I didn't have it good, and that's why I wanted to run away to Israel all the time. And we try to build our uh, uh, agreements between us and contracts about 
how we're going to spend six months in New York and six months in Israel and then live in, in New York for six years and then move to Israel for six years. And then we're going to and then we made a decision to to live in Florida for six months of the year and six months and then New York six months and then only for the first five years and then move to Israel for five years and then come back for another five years. Was he Jewish? Why does he want to go to Israel? He was Jewish, but he had no um, ties to his connect. No ties. No, no ties. Not only that he didn't have ties, he hated Israel and the people. And I don't know why I even thought that it would eventually happen that he would move with me to Israel. How does your family embrace your second husband? Do they like him? Um, yes and no. I mean, yes, they did. Physically, they did. But uh, I think they saw in me something that I didn't see back then. And uh, it was hurting them. Who they knows, saw it. I didn't see it. Who, who knows you the most? Out of everyone? My mom, my mom. My mom knows me even though she doesn't know me. It's the funniest thing. She knows everything. She's the, 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 the smartest thing that 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 people told me that anyone told me is my mom but she doesn't know me because i don't tell her anything what does she say to you? but she knows it anyway uh she said she told me five minutes before entering the chupa <laughs> she said are you sure you want to marry this guy <laughs> oh wow she said it five minutes yeah. before you get married five because she saw me getting emotional and everything and she immediately saw it i didn't i didn't see it but along the way, she told me a lot of other things in life that uh, amazed me on how she knows me and all. Do you think, if you're looking back on it, your mother, as her, as she went through her marriage, she probably went through the feelings you had already? Maybe, but she never had experience with different men. So I'm thinking, like, how would she know? But love's it's not like... You know, you're dealing with a man that, you know, falling in and out of love, you know? Even though you're not with different men... You know, that love, when love falls out, you can see it in a person's when they're, when they're not completely happy. Yeah, maybe. You're her blood, you know, even though she might not know mm -hmm. everything about you, she birthed you. So she probably mm -hmm. feels certain things about you and stuff like that. You probably have different feelings for your sisters when you know they might need you. Mm-hmm, that's true. What, yeah. what, so what does your sister say? What do, let's Before we go back into your second husband, what's... What's DV doing? Does DV get married? What's DV up to? So during that time, DV got married and she has two kids. What did you mean? And, uh, what was he like? Did you like him? Was he sweet? He's uh, he's very sweet. They're very uh, they're they're very uh, much uh, the same personality. Same personality. He Yemen as well of Yemen descent. Uh, he's half Yemen, half Ashkenaz, mm. half Yemen. And my sister Helen got married with a Russian guy, and they have three kids. That was different, right? Russian, it's a different culture. Very different, very different, very, very different. Long hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, different personality. I think Russians, I mean, I shouldn't ex include everyone. I don't like including. Um, but uh, from what I've seen, the people that I know, the Russians, because they grew up in uh, such a, a, a strict, yeah, yeah, strict, strict uh, um, um, 
up upbringing, right? Then that's how they are with their kids. And it's really difficult because Yemenites are very soft and Russians are very strict and it's hard with the kids. And what about Kinat? Does she have more kids now? She has three. Oh, three. She has three. Yeah, three. Was it hard being in America knowing that you have all these nieces and nephews and you can't see them? Mm-hmm. The hardest thing was coming to Israel every six months or a year and then seeing them grow so much. It's almost like you missed yeah. and then you're missing again and then you're, it's, it's hard. Did That's you feel really selfish hard. a little bit? Did you, did you feel like, man, maybe I'm being selfish by missing these moments? Or you knew that your destiny wasn't technically in Israel? I felt selfish for um, not calling them and uh, not being there for them. You know, um, that was probably rough, right? Yeah, that was a tough period in your life, you know, yeah. having all this love on the other side of the world, mm-hmm. while you're trying to make this love work on this on this planet that you're on. Exactly, exactly. When did you start meeting exactly. other Israelis? Did you start meeting them along the way? Did you start hanging out with your cousins or anything, or did you? Because in New York, you have more family. It's true. I've had only American friends until I uh, started uh, my skiing. I started skiing and then I met my Israeli friends. Are we talking for two hours? Is it possible? I'll try to tell you. Didn't I tell you that? I told you. Is it two hours? Oh my God, Jared, we we are the blabberers. You got to think about it like this, right? It's it's a time capsule. There's no time limit to your life. You know, I think a lot of people think they can't talk about themselves, but I think they don't got the right person to talk about, you know? That's true. You're very good. You're good, you. I mean, this is you know how to bring me into these. Uh... <laughs> you can be Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to, you know. No, but can we continue this? Yeah, we're still continuing. Is it eight o'clock my time? It is eight o'clock. What are you saying? You want to stop? I want to continue. Oh yeah, I told you. Yeah, I I blocked this time out for you. Yes. So so let's continue. Uh, What do you think of tomorrow? You want to stop it? Oh (laughs) no, stop continuing. I mean, stop now and then continue another time. Stop. Can you do that? Uh. We've never done that before. We've never stopped. Really? <laughs> so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take you with me. Can I do that? Yeah. I'll take you with me. Oh, wait, you're at work the whole time? No, no, I'm at home, but I need to leave. But I'll take you with me. Continue, master. <laughs> <laughs> so... Right now we're at the point where we're in New York. All your mm-hmm. sisters are having kids. You visit yes. your nephews and stuff like that. Your right. husband's debating on moving to Israel and move everything else. Mm-hmm. So how long are you guys how long did you guys stay married? Uh we were married from when I was twenty eight years old until I was thirty two. So four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. This is when you start working at the bank, right? 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because we met, what, four years ago or five? Four. We met uh, four years ago. Four years ago. So this is when you were working at the bank. So what's it like? So you after you, the second divorce, what's that like leaving this relationship? Is it easier or harder because you've been through it before? Or do you feel the feelings of like, man, it's another failed marriage. Do you take it upon yourself or? I never ever. I don't think I've ever had feelings of regret in my life. I've always had, a, I've always maxed the situation until I leave it and I don't have regret. That's what my therapist told me. And that's what I took for life. Hmm. You know, um, I never regret anything. I don't regret my first marriage and divorce and I don't regret the second one. Not regret, but I said, do you place blame on yourself? You know, not regret, but does it, you know, it's probably different, you know? What do you mean? Like the stigma of marriage, you know? Like when people say failed marriages, does that stigma help with you? Or you think like, oh, these are great experiences? Oh, yeah. Someone told me that, I think, a few weeks ago. Someone said that he looks at marriage, his divorce as failure. I said, why? It's actually a success, if you think about it. Especially when you, have, you, you get divorced without kids. It's a success. Imagine I would have to live with this, like get stuck with this guy for like forever, you know, for the rest of my life. Right. It's a terrible feeling, you know. Um, I, uh, I, I, I see it as a success because you were brave enough to get yourself out of a situation that's tough to get out of. There, by the way, it's really hard to leave marriage. Um, it's, it, you need to be brave to leave marriage. And you manage to do that in order to find a better life, you know, better feeling, better. Why get stuck? I think it's a failure to stay in a marriage that you're not happy in. Wow. That's the failure. Do you, so as, as you leave, is it that feeling of saying like, maybe this time I'm going to go to Israel and stay? Or you're just like, no, I'm going to keep staying in New York. What makes you stay in New York? Exactly. Uh, what made me stay in New York is the one extra mile to say I tried everything in my power, not to regret, right? That's the idea of not regretting. Stay and try and look for that guy that maybe would move with me one day to Israel. Why, why was it the dream of finding a guy in America? What was so good about America then? Because I've never dated Israelis and it was very hard for me that thought of dating an Israeli well, you the mentality is different what's different what's different about an Israeli man and an American man what's the difference well Israeli men are tougher they're less gentlemen they're rough around the edges they say whatever they want to say with that, no filter they are um, a little bit ruder you know they're rude they don't have the same softer mentality, I would say. I would challenge you to say, would you say Israeli women are like that as well? They kind of say whatever the... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Israeli women as well. I just lived in America for 16 years and I've adopted to this American mentality and it was really hard for me to adjust to, you know, I... Yeah. So uh, even today with my current boyfriend, who's very Israeli, 
he keeps saying, you're so American, you're so, and it's hard for him. He says it as, uh, as uh, frust with frustration, you're so American, you're so American. And, yeah, I'm American. <laughs> I am. It's not an insult, I am. <laughs> when you, so we, we're, so we're leaving, we leave, we, we're out of this marriage and you yeah. start looking at the bank. What was that like? Mm -hmm. What was that like being alone? What was that like being alone? That was the first time in 16 years that you're finally alone. Did you enjoy it? Was it? I, uh, yeah. The funny thing is that I left my marriage. Again, I met someone really quickly. <laughs> was he 90? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he, he was actually 28 years old. Oh, what a Can young... you imagine, Jared? A younger than me. And, but he was very mature. He was super, he was the greatest, greatest, greatest transition mm -hmm. from my marriage to single life. Because it, it was serious, but not serious. We did it for two months. And, uh, and uh, it was a great transition. But when we broke up, that's when I realized that I'm really single. And that's when I got, you know, I moved all John's furniture out. I got my own furniture. I redecorated my apartment. I invested my time and my energy with spending time with friends and redoing my apartment to, to fit my, my lifestyle, you know. You had so many friends. That's when we met. I met yeah. you know, single Sufa. When mm -hmm. I was like, Man, every weekend, you're like, I'm going to the mountains again. I'm going skiing. I was like, man, yeah. Yeah, almost every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was with me and my group of friends. I was like, mm -hmm. man. And then I remember we would talk about your excursions on dates and stuff like that. Mm. I was out and about. I was always with friends, always on a date, always meeting someone. It's um, it was a great time. It was too good, actually. It was it was just too good. I uh, it was too good that it was hard for me to um, to leave, but I had to leave. It was a must. Well, so we start working together. We start becoming friends. We got really close. Mm -hmm. We'd always mm -hmm. talk and debate. We're from two different cultures mm -hmm. and debate everything. Right. And how I right. saw life and how I saw men and how you saw men and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I would come to you and cry and like, what am I going to do with this guy and that guy? I remember I would tell stories on stage about my friend dating a billionaire and I would listen to all the uh, girls' reactions <laughs> and the girls, what happened? Oh my God, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Telling you all my stories about my private jet trip to Miami and like... <laughs> As I said to this girl on stage one time, I was like, if you were dating a billionaire and he told you you can go anywhere in the world, what would you choose? <laughs> not Miami. Brazil. That's what I told you. And you're like, Jared, are you? You said, Jared, you're like a, you act like a single woman. I was like, out of all the places in the world, you chose Miami? I'm a teacher. I have no time for Brazil. I would have went. Well, I was like, I was thinking all the countries. I, was like, I would go to Australia. I would have go to anything else. And then when you told me as age, I just started laughing. I was like, you dating all these old people. <laughs> Oh my god! So like, when I would talk to people, I was like, "No, my friend." I was like, "This girl I work with, man, really close friends." I was like, "She knows ballers." 
So when I meet girls in the city, it's like, what? I was like, no, she's dating a billionaire. I'm like, where does she meet him? I said, some Jewish <laughs> website, some Jewish dating site, man. That's where all of them are. So my friends go, right. I'm about to convert. Those... I'm about to convert. <laughs> I'm about to convert. <laughs> it was a diamond in the rough, I should say. A diamond in the rough. But sometimes I think how life crosses paths. Like when we cross paths, it was just very interesting how how loving you were as like a friend, you know? Mm. Like you, you you would get frustrated. And then when we talk, and I was like, you know what? Life's not that serious. And you're like, how do you say that? I was like, it's not. Like, who cares? Mm. I took I take things to the heart. I'm a very sensitive person. Yeah, and then me, I'm not sensitive at all. So you're just like, why would you say yeah. that? Like, right. Remember that uh, Kermit with the cup? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. I still have that jiff uh, on my... Uh... Yeah, it's none of my business. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember uh... you were talking about your age, about how you're like 35 at the time. Like, I'm not married. I'm not everything else. And I was like, so what? What does that matter for? Now I realize that, yeah, now I realize you're right. You're absolutely right. What does it matter? Age is really, really, really just a number. And I think you got so many experience, you know, 16 years of of Mm. dating. I want to ask you three more questions and then we're going to end this thing. Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) As as you, because you were debating, like when we worked together, you're debating on leaving to Israel. You kept saying it a whole bunch Mm. of times. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what's stopping you? Like, I'm really going to leave. I'm going to leave. What was it like when you got back home? Like, what was that mm-hmm. feeling like? <clears throat> did you cry? Were you so, or just, how did your nieces well, feel? How did your mom feel and your dad feel? Because now your parents get back together. So it's, do you think it's because of you? When you came back, everything falls back into place? Have you thought about that? No, no, no. It's uh, maybe, uh, maybe spiritually it falls into place, but not. Because I created it, you know, um, maybe the universe managed it like that. But I moved to Israel during Corona, during COVID. Remember, yeah. Yeah, um, in January, January 16th. That's the date I moved to Israel. Don't forget, I was in Mexico before that. So that was also a smooth transition. So <laughs> I've always... Well, we used to nickname him Chapo. That was our Chapo, El Chapo. <laughs> Chapo, we need, I will give you all your boyfriend's nicknames. <laughs> yeah, and what's the nickname for Isaac, the billionaire? I called him Big Billions. I said the billions. Big billions? Billion. <laughs> like, oh. hey, I said, what's up with Big Billions? Then you're like, <laughs> I was like, you got Chapo? And I was like, um, yeah. I was like, go to Mexico, go. Yeah. I was like, what's stopping you? Because you seem right, like he's... a free spirit. I was like, just do it. I know. Try it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a great experience. I was like, um, stay there so I can visit. That's why I was like, stay there longer. Yes. Right. Do you remember? We were planning. <laughs> I was like, we'll go. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you leave. Via the bubble. But you came back. You would visit, though. I think the last time I saw you, I saw you before you moved. You yes, I would come and visit. For like hours and stuff like that. And right, right. Stuff. But the, I, I, it would take, it took me time. It took me time. I said when I was working with you that year at at, uh, at Haifa, I said to myself uh, that I would give it that year. I already knew that I'm leaving New York, but I'll give it that year to finish school with you. Um, I didn't want to leave the kids in the middle of the year, and uh, and then I will move to Mexico. 
and then uh, yeah, so that's what happened. I loved Mexico. I loved the people, the weather, the architecture. I like the area that I was living in. Um, I like the Spanish that I practiced my Spanish and it, it got very good. I didn't like the fact that again, I'm moving into a relationship where the men controlled me because mm. that was the situation also. He was trying to make me a housewife and, um, and in a country I don't know, uh, far away from my family and far away from my friends in New York, I didn't like that idea. What's and your, that's it. When you and him break up, how did you take that? It was a strange breakup. It was, it was, it was. It actually came from him. Uh, that breakup. Very surprising. He got very surprising. Yeah, because he wanted it along the way the whole time. He wanted it. And uh, I was debating, but then at the end, when I was already ready to move and everything, he got cold feet. He told me about it. And then he kind of dragged it for a few more months. And, I, and then I said, enough, I don't want it anymore. And then I moved to Israel. Finally, I made the move to Israel on January 16. And I had it good because COVID brought a lot of peace to Israel. Mm. Peace, quiet, serenity, calmer people. You know, no one's rushing, no one's angry, no one's... So I've had it good. What was that? So what was it like when your family finally gets to see you? What's that like? Is everyone happy? Who picks you up from the airport? They're like, Sufa's fine. Um, Where do you... Honestly, I went... At first, I went to my mom. My mom... So my sister, my mom has like a separate unit up there, upstairs. Mm -hmm. And my sister was just moving out. So I took her place. But before that, I lived in my dad's apartment where I live now. Mm -hmm. um, so I lived at my mom and then I moved to my dad's apartment. So now I, now I live in my dad's apartment. But the idea is to move to Tel Aviv very soon. Isn't that oh, my friends are there. And how everything falls into place. Have you noticed that? It falls into place. It wasn't easy. It wasn't a, a smooth ride coming here. I've had a lot of uh, tough times and a lot of disappointments. And um, but now I'm in a much better place. What I have a job. Back. What was the most disappointing thing? Mostly my family. After 16 years of being able to be there for me, I thought they're going to look for my um my benefit you know to look for uh making my life easier and they made it a little bit tougher and uh like and it what? was like do, like are you adjusting to them or them adjusting to you because that's a long time you've been gone me adjusting like i expected them to call me and invite me and and ask what I'm doing. During COVID, it was very difficult to be alone, you know, single. I don't have my own family. I don't have a, a boyfriend. I don't have kids. So I expected them to be my family, to be my friends, because I don't have a life here yet. And they weren't really so much for me. Uh, every one of them were with their own family. And, <clears throat> and what did you um, about yourself during COVID that you didn't know? Good question. Was that isolation? <clears throat> what do you learn about yourself? What's something that you 
that you explored more being that time alone? I learned that I can really handle some tough times by myself with the learning experience I've had in my life. Um, I learned uh, a lot about um, eating right and exercising. I focused a lot on that. I learned a lot of things online, such as uh, day trading. I've, I've uh, invested in the stock market, but I did more day trading by myself, and I really enjoyed it. And um, I, I, really I really just settled down mentally and with my partner. I settled down here in Israel. It was a great. It was a great time. One year of calmness, easy, smooth sailing. So it's crazy. A pandemic hit, and that's when you found Sufa again. Exactly. No exactly. Know anything else? Maybe that's what you needed the whole time. Was just yeah. I'm alone. Mm -hmm. Not dating anybody. Just by myself. Fixing my life here. Getting myself ready to settle down all right Sufa so this is the end we've got how we got there we're from Sufa's from a, a household a Yemenite household descendants of Yemen you your parents come to is your grandparents come to Israel your parents meet at the age of 20 they have four kids you're the baby you start out in a religious school and then you go to a secular school and you start meeting people around the world then you start dating at 16, you start dating uh, one of your sisters. You started more exploring to relationships. You were more of a relationship mm -hmm. type of girl, long distance mm -hmm. relationship. Um, then we go into the military, right? We go to the military, we learn things about ourselves. We learn structure, we learn discipline, we learn timing. And then at 21, you say, I'm off to New York. F it, I'm off to New York. You moved to New York. It got really, really cold. You said, my feet can't handle this. I'm going to Miami. You go to mm -hmm. Miami, right? You're working at a kiosk selling uh, uh, Dead Sea oil milk and rubbing people's fingernails. <laughs> and then uh, you meet your first husband. You learn a lot. You learn about what you take and what you don't take. Then you met your second husband. And then we get back to New York and you finally find Sufa. Right? If you notice, it was like a journey of finding Sufa. Like you went yeah. through all these different, like the Wizard of Oz. You went through this person carried you to this person, and this person carried you to this person. And then mm -hmm. when you look down, you realize like the only thing you had to do was just, you're just following ways to find Sufa, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now you mm -hmm. got Sufa, right? So these are these last I questions I want you to think about. You can answer them however mm -hmm. you want. They could be long, they could be short. However you want to answer them, this is just. Anything. All right. That's the first question. Do you believe in God? I do believe in something that's called either God or a universe or um, something along the line. But I do believe that something magical is controlling our lives. It has a purpose. It's good. And it's directing us towards a goal that we don't really know what it is, but eventually it's good for us. Well, growing up in a religious household and going to religious school, do you ever feel, did you ever have that moment where you're just asking God why? Are you, who do you ask? Like, who's that spiritual thing that you do? What do you do? 
Like when you go to, uh, is it shul? It's not called shul. Mm -hmm. When you go to synagogue, shul. When you go to the synagogue. Do you feel anything while you're in there? Do you feel like something's mm. there, or are you just going because of tradition? I I really don't. The situations where I really feel something is when I question my life. Mm. There are some moments when I ask. I don't know who I'm asking that, but I'm asking, I'm saying God, right? Because that's the only figure that I know. But I'm saying, God, why is this happening? Give me the answers. I want to know what's the purpose of this. Is this, does this mean this or does this, does this mean that? And when I talk to myself, sometimes I get the answers from my within. Right. Okay. Here's my next question. When's the last time you had a nightmare? Wow. I actually recently had a nightmare, but ask me what it was. Oh, my God. I try to forget these kind of things, nightmares and trauma and things I went through in my, even my accident, I've had a short-term memory loss. You just so I won't experience the pain. You got in a car accident? A motorcycle accident. Recently? In 2010, 11 years ago. You forgot it. Yeah, I woke up in the hospital. Wow. Mm -hmm. okay. I try to forget bad things. My memory cannot handle it, I think. <clears throat> What's your biggest fear in life? Mm. Um, my biggest fear is not being healthy having some kind of sickness or that's really the biggest fear in my life being sick with something when's the last time you had a panic attack it was i think two months ago i've had some argument with my partner and we broke up and then a few days after, I felt, yeah, pain in my chest, uh, heartbeat beating faster. Um, it was for an hour or so, I think. Do you yeah. believe in soulmates? No. And this is the last question. It's a series of questions. I think you've done this activity before. I'm going to say, who are you? And the goal is to go beyond yourself, right? So if you ask me, it's like, who are you? I'm Jared Waters. Who are you? Two-time wrestling champ. Who are you? Stand-up comic. Mm. Who are you? That's what you're going to say. But before oh you... Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So that's how it is. The goal is to go beyond yourself. I want to ask you, who are you so many times? And the goal is to go beyond just Sufa because you're more <laughs> than just Sufa, right? You ready? Uh, yes. All right. Who are you? I'm Sufa Friedman. Who are you? I'm uh, Jewish. Who are you? I'm Israeli American. Who are you? I'm a daughter. Who are you? I'm an aunt. Who are you? I'm a skier. Who are you? I'm a free spirit. Who are you? I'm a lover. Who are you? I'm a woman. Ooh, who are you? I'm a 
good friend. When it's all said and done, right? And if your great great grandkids have your book and they open it and they open your book, what would you want them to say about Sufa when it's all said and done? Yes, like one sentence about Sufa, what would you want them to know about you? What would you want them to say about you? She was what? She was a lover of life. She was um, a lover of people. And she was uh, positive. And she she's lived her life to its fullest. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my dear friend, Super Freeman. This is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Thank you so much. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, as I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. You're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You gotta break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh uh-uh, uh, and I'll be the next Jamar neighbors. Yeah. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters. And I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.